one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, <laughs> rock, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, rock. Oh my God, crap, I overslept for the rock. We got a rock. Hey. Oh my God. Could, could you have maybe pulled it back a little? I felt like that was too energetic. Sorry. I, you know what? You're right. I probably yeah. should have. It's way too much. Hold on. Let's try yeah. again. One o'clock. Two. No, I'm not going to do it again. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Totem Talks. Uh, we are on season six, episode one. Uh, okay, so you got you can... it. I signaled to you. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> you I know what? When sure it's at know. least the first one, I probably will get it right. Probably. Welcome in to our new season, our new format, our new everything. Uh, Nick, with your, your new implants, congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank uh, elbow you. implants was a weird thing, but you, it, you really wanted them. It was them. weird, but now, like, I am constantly slamming my funny bone on the desk. Mm. Don't even feel it. Good. <clears throat> That's important. Yeah. Although it happens to me all the time. You, you would be surprised. Teaching piano lessons. I constantly destroy my elbow. And what will happen is I'm sitting on the side of the piano, and if I go to point something out in the music (laughs) to the student, and then I yank my arm back as hard as I can, and I just slam it on the side of the piano over and over and over again for years. haven't learned. Good. That seems good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll never learn. I refuse. Well, either way, we're in for a good episode today. Indeed. Uh, an interesting one with our new format. Yes. Um, definitely a little bit of experimentation in these first few episodes, kind of finding out what is going to work for us uh, and what's not going to work for us. That's so, right. So uh, definitely a high time for feedback from our lovely listeners. And uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying it as we keep going. Um, I already mentioned that you're Nick. I am. I'm Pat. You are. We are Totem Talks. Correct. And uh, we're here for another banger. So, Nick, why don't you tell That's us right. who we're covering today? Yes. And since we are officially doing head-to-head uh, as of season six, the two artists that will be squaring off today are Bill Haley and his Comets and Eddie Cochran. And that's all. There's not a third. That's, that's I'm it. sorry. You melted my brain. Because the way you said Cochran just sounded like something else. Um, I don't. I don't even understand where you're going. We won't go any further. But I swear, your I swear you like said it, and I was my brain froze. I was like, did Nick just did Nick just make us have to re-record this whole beginning part? No, you didn't. You didn't do that. No, I mean, get your mind out of the gutter. I didn't say it was anything gutter worthy. Come on, you jabroni. We we all know Eddie can only be misheard <laughs> in one way. Okay. Anyway, I guess without any further ado, uh, we shall start with Bill Haley and his comments. Yes. Bill Haley and his comments uh, was an American rock and roll band. And they were formed in 1947, uh, continuing all the way until Haley's death in 1981. Uh, The band was also known throughout its tenure as Bill Haley and the Comets and Bill Haley's Comets. Right. Uh, But I think best known as Bill Haley and his Comets. Correct. So they were active, as I mentioned, 47 to 81. Uh, They released... 
in various degrees of album, uh, a good number of albums over the years, we yeah. covered uh, two compilations and then a third album, uh, as is very typical in rock and roll artists, of, and really any artist of this time period. It's hard to find collections of music that are just pure albums. Yeah. They're mostly labeled compilations. So the first one we did was Rock with Bill Haley and The Comets, even though we just established, but whatever. Yeah, hold on. Uh, hold which on. was... Re- it's coming. What? It's coming for the next I one. I know. I know. That's true. Rock with Bill Haley and, and The Comets, uh, which was released in 1955. Then we followed that up with Rock Around the Clock. Surprise. Yeah, right. uh, which was released in... You guessed it, 1955. And then we closed things out with... Oh, my entire screen just froze. Nick, what did we close it out with? We closed things out with everyone can rock and roll. There we go. My my screen is frozen. I can't see anything, so we're going to have a good time with this. And we're back. We're back. We've we've fixed it. Uh, So, Nick, why don't you go ahead and uh, talk about... Rock with Bill Haley in the comments first. I would love to. And so here's here's the fun part. If you're a human being who exists on planet Earth, you're very, very familiar with at least one of their songs, which is Rock Around the Clock. And this song starts with, or this album starts with a song called Rock This Joint, which is exactly the same song with slightly different lyrics. It is literally uh, rock around the clock. It is exactly the same. (laughs) And I was so concerned when it first came on that I had just been like misremembered the song so bad. Right. Like for the first like 20 seconds of it, honestly, like Mm -hmm. eventually I realized like, no, this is very common. Like, yeah, you know, this is uh, the Chuck Berry syndrome of. I've I've created a song and I've created it eleven times exactly. Uh, but yeah, and so uh, as soon as I heard that, I, I went in a, a little deeper on the songs right away, and I found like the good news, bad news of it. The the bad news, I guess, is that they didn't actually write either of those songs. So the good news is that I guess you can't really knock their writing for being the same because they didn't do it it wasn't them yes. so yeah so so there's that um but i mean I, I i guess it's so hard all these decades later to appreciate the novelty uh of the sound how this must have sounded in the late 40s and early 50s compared to everything else that was going wrong like i don't want to sit here and just like act like it was bad like it was enjoyable. It was fun. It sound they were all like the kind of upbeat, dancey two minute fifty songs that you might want to dance to at a wedding or something. Um, you know, it's it's very very basic. They're mostly three chord songs, but there were a handful of nicely guitar parts mixed in, and and it was fun. Like it's just it's a product of its time, which was revolutionary, <laughs> and has basically influenced everything after it so much that it now sounds you know, completely basic and, and undone. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to r- rag on it too hard for that. No, no, no. It's, it's the vanilla cake that you need to have learned how to make 
to learn how to make like chocolate and red velvet and crazy other th- like it's the base. Yeah. All of the all of the rock and roll of this time is the base with which we are able to build all these other genres. Right. So that is you know that's without saying and it's the same issue we ran into with artists like Chuck Berry where it's like it sounds so much simpler now to us who have had decades of music between these gaps when like you know the the average music listener of the day this is cutting edge yeah and this is hardcore mm-hmm. stuff i right. mean it's funny uh, there's a movie i'm sure you've at least heard of it uh walk hard the dewey cox story i have heard of it so they have a play on this similar thing which i'm about to get into mm-hmm. where he sings a song like called like hold my hand or like let me hold your hand Right, and it incites like a sex riot in the uh, in sure, the high sure. school, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "You can't be having." And it's like that is a play on the very real thing that happened, which is songs that sound so simple and plain to us, like "Rock This Joint" and we'll get into "Rock Around the Clock." We're just like, "Oh, that's fun. It's about dancing." Yeah. What like like rebels like hung on to this was like, "Yes, rock the joint. We will. We will rock and roll." Yeah, we will hold each other's hands, like yeah. because in society that stuff just wasn't happening. Sure. Uh, for me, I really enjoyed a, a couple aspects of this album. Uh, Rock the joint was was funny. Just it was funny that yeah. it existed the way it did. Um, I enjoyed Fractured because it was it felt the most different, I guess, to me. Mm-hmm. I also love that for two of the songs. Uh, they just decided to do like old school nursery rhymes. Yeah. With yeah, yeah. Uh, Stop Beating Around the Mulberry Bush and, and Pat a Cake. They were just like, we're going to just nursery rhyme it a little bit. And we're going to yep. have fun with that, hang out. Uh, there also was, I know Rock the Joint wasn't uh, a Bill Haley and the Comets original, but Bill Haley does right. have writing credits on multiple songs on this album. True. Uh, which is less popular and less likely than ever in this time period. Yeah. It's you it's way more common for an artist to receive songs written for them and perform them. So kudos for having as many writing credits as they do. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. I know it's, you know, more simple than maybe we would like in terms of our personal tastes. Sure. But it is in like it is just the building blocks with which we like music nowadays. Yeah, uh, and I'll move on to Rock Around the Clock, please. So it starts off with Rock Around the Clock, and immediately, and I I know you've heard the second song on this album too. Maybe not, oh, yeah. specifically the Bill Haley version, but, sure, but a it's... version throughout history, which is mm-hmm. Shake Rattle and Roll. Mm-hmm. One two punch of strong contenders. And and here's where you get into a little bit of not an issue at all, but the songs all start to sound similar when they're this simple. Mm-hmm. Um, Rock around the clock is a classic. It's a it's a very popular song. It hit me right in that like nostalgic like I've heard this my whole life. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Shake rattle and roll hit me similarly. Yeah, both uh, are. Uh, I want to say one fifty nine and like one twenty seven or something, respectively. Yeah, the they're Stones low top songs of all time. 
yeah, they're they're low on that list. I, or high in the on that list, however yeah, you want it yeah. to be. They're close I was, to the I top. was thinking they're like lower number. Yeah. Yeah. They're really <laughs> they deserve to be up there. Yeah. <clears throat> uh for me, I again enjoyed this. It has a lot of the same feel and vibe as the first album. These are again collections of singles that were released in the same year as compilations, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. However, Rock Around the Clock, we will get into a little more later, but is arguably one of the most famous rock and roll songs of all time Mm -hmm. and was one of the highest selling of all time for a long time. And more importantly, can I read you a quick quote about the song? Yeah, of course you can. Okay, ready? It's uh, Here's a quote. You guess who, who said this. It's very hard to tell what made me first decide to play the guitar. Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley came out when I was 10, and that probably had something to do with it. Okay. Who came I'm going to say Jimi Hendrix. You're close. Am I close? You've got the right era of a guitarist who is highly influenced by blues and psychedelic music. Also one of the greatest of all time. Okay. Some like me might consider him the greatest. David Gilmore. Correct. <laughs> I I knew as soon as you said psychedelic, yeah. but I let you keep going because I know how much you love him. Sure. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, if you inspired David Gilmore to pick up the guitar, that's something. Yeah. Hands across the board. Let's move on. Go ahead. Keep right. going. Oh, it's my turn to talk about this. It's one. your turn to talk. Great. Uh, let's see. Do I have anything new to say? Uh, that you didn't already cover. Uh, it's the same as album one. Uh, the songs are generally like familiar. Either you know them or they sound the same as a bunch of other songs that you already knew. Individually, the songs are all likable, but together it feels like 30 minutes of the same exact thing. I, I, yeah, it's it's all stuff that you've covered before. And I don't really have any other insights about it that you haven't mentioned. So I'm just going to... Well, Go ahead. Take us into Everyone Can yeah. Rock and Roll. So Everyone Can Rock and Roll, uh, 1979. Oh, this was a European release only, actually, which is probably why I had to find it on YouTube. Hmm. Um, well, it's still the same exact album as the ones from the 50s. <laughs> it, nothing has changed. Um, I mean, this one, and this one was a lot harder for me to try to find information on. <coughs> So I don't know if they wrote any of the songs. Maybe they wrote like two or three like they were doing on the other records. One of them was the Battle of New Orleans. And I know Bill Haley's old, but he ain't that old. Uh, He didn't write that one. I know that for sure. Um, But I mean, like, it was an enjoyable background half an hour. But it suffers from the same thing as all the others. Like, it's how many decades have passed now? And there was no growth or development. You're still using the same three chords on every single song. Like, sure, I, oh, I understand. It's that. nice. The songs are fun. I would never be like, turn that off. Um, but at some point, if I'm listening to an artist and like they haven't been able to get past the same one, four, five progressions for like thirty years, I'm probably going to stop listening to the new records. Sure, I understand that. Uh, I do have a little bit of background on the album. Sure. Okay, that might help your opinion. It would help bit. me a lot. 
So Bill Haley and his comments had a ton of success uh, in the early, you know, 40s, 50s. And then they started to lose some steam because they, while starting at the cutting edge of, you know, people were rocking around the clock and it was a, they they kept it rather tame. And you had other artists like Elvis and Chuck Berry who were pushing the envelope of what can I sing lyrically? Sure, he was really very much that. like, uh, I'll change the lyrics to make it like inoffensive to everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like his whole so, thing was to make sure that there were no opinions about it. <laughs> like, yeah, just he just as wanted the land as possible. Music. Yeah. Yep. Well, wh- so he started to lose popularity to Elvis, to Chuck Berry, to other artists like that. And his career kind of dipped in the 60s. Yeah. And then in the either the late 60s or the early 70s, uh, Europe had like a resurgence of the nostalgia of music like Bill Haley in the comments and his comments. Mm-hmm. And he started touring Europe and re- mm-hmm. and releasing new songs and new albums in Europe. Okay, that, makes that sense. fed into that nostalgia to sell records, basically. I mean, lo- looking at the time, I mean, that was also right exactly when the Stray Cats got popular in England. Right, and that's and that's kind of what it is. They, mm-hmm. they, the European music scene, like, found the old school classic yeah. rockabilly rock and roll sound, and they wanted they wanted it basically. Sure, that makes sense. And so Bill Haley and his comments toured and released. And that's why it sounds the same, because that's exactly what the audience wanted in Europe at the time. So I understand it. It does sound very same. Yeah. uh, And you don't get the big hit like you had with Rock Around the Clock. Sure. So take it with a grain of salt. Still good. Mm -hmm. Still talented. Still enjoyable. uh, But it definitely has a ceiling. For sure. Like you're going to appreciate music like this. More as a historian, I think, than as a mm-hmm. listener. Yeah, like I, I really With the exception enjoy... of a handful of little hits, which are always oh still yeah, fun. of course, but, and it's enjoyable yeah. to listen to. Don't get me wrong; right. it's not like a schlag, mm-hmm. but you're but definitely gonna. Culturally it's interesting, f- exactly for the culture, for the history, for the icon aspect, mm-hmm. a little bit more so than like the actual notes on the page or the notes in the yeah. track. <sighs> okay. Um I guess what we're doing now, before we move on to the next right, artist, right, right. we've changed the the formula. Everything. So we have four questions that we are answering about each artist. Right. And this may change as we go, but sure. for now, we're each picking one artist. I got Bill Haley in his comments. And Nick, you're covering our second artist. I am. Eddie Cochran. And What did you say? Stop it! <laughs> you started it. I, I was, I was innocent of it. I swear. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay. So the the first of the four questions is, what is the most unique thing about this artist? And I I searched for a while to try to find something, and then Nick, did I find something that I thought was oh, really good. interesting? All right, so, I'm ready. Would you be interested to know that after the unfortunate passing of of Mr. Haley, 
in in the early 1980s, no less than seven groups labeled themselves as the true successor of Bill Haley and the Comets, the Comets, and toured the country and toured the world with varying degrees of authority on who is or isn't the Comets, and just complete like four of them still tour today. Fascinating. Or still toured at least into like 2014 or 2015. Really? Uh, yeah. So basically, Bill Haley died. And granted, all of them could be telling the truth because Bill Haley and the Comets had over a hundred other, like, hundred members in this yeah. band at one point or another. So all of them could, in fact, be former Comets or led by former Comets. But that's literally huh. what happened is Bill Haley passed away. So Bill Haley and his Comets were no more. And yeah. then s- at least seven other groups uh, formed and started to tour and were popularized as the Comets and then uh, would change their name at times as varying degrees of legality came down on them. Uh, one of them was like the original Comets and like Bill Haley's original Comets and whenever the law would stop them. They would just be called the original band. (laughs) So yeah, it was uh, quite interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. I was not expecting that. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was my most uh, unique fact about, okay. About Bill Haley and his comments. So uh, in terms of the meanest or nicest thing, I'm going to skip that for now. All right. uh, Because that is a little bit of a story. Okay. Uh, the six degrees. So we have our little six degrees of totem of talks. Course, of course. Uh, I found a. I was looking around to try to find like I know you go like a little deep with them, Depends. but I found one that I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to bring to, to light. Ton, yeah. So uh, on his tenth album, the the eponymous album, Bill Haley and His Comets I from nineteen sixty. Eponymous record. Uh, track five is a song called "I'm in Love Again," which was written by Fats Domino. Hey. It's a, it's a popular Fats Domino song. We covered it when we did Fats, yeah, sure. And I thought that that was a nice little six degrees. That's nice. uh, hello, people in the comments. I will say hello to you in a moment. Uh, <laughs> you but just did. oh, I did. <sighs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the career highlight, career low light. It's there's t- I technically have two moments. Sure, sure. But they really all stem around Rock Around the Clock, the release of Rock Around the Clock. It was, it, it's such a crazy big moment for rock and roll and for Bill Haley and his comments. It, it liter- it's considered the best selling rock single in the history of the genre. And it, it maintained that position for several years. And because of, because of uh, Rock Around the Clock, uh, they achieved the, the Grammy Hall of Fame. Yeah, Rock Around the Clock was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame specifically for the category of songs more than 20 years old that had cultural significance. Sure. So that would be definitely considered a career highlight is Rock Around the Clock. It is gigantic. It is still popular to this day. You know, I think any musician's dearest wish would be to have a song. Have an endearing hit for 70 years. (laughs) Yeah. A song that will most likely be remembered forever. Yeah, I agree. You know, and that is truly a gift. Yeah. <clears throat> so and career highlight, 
uh, or the meanest or nicest thing. This one is upsetting. Oh, I was just afraid you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to hold judgment a little bit on this, and I would like, All right. I would like your opinion. I think, Nick. Excellent. Guilty. So, <laughs> so Bill Haley himself uh, definitely struggled with alcoholism throughout his right. life, and. It was thought to be potentially a contributing factor to his death. In the late 70s, early 80s, Bill Haley uh, was just rampant with alcoholism at the time and had been basically kicked out of his house by his wife, who was still caring for him as he, like, delved further into it. And it was causing mental health problems. He was seen, you know, roaming the streets and he would call people and have these long monologuing like like reminiscences about life and he wouldn't let them off the phone. Hmm. Uh, he was living in his pool house and okay. would just disappear for days at a time. Uh, and this was all his 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 third wife, Martha Valesco. V- yeah, Valesco. And while all this was happening uh, his his cause of death uh he so he was discovered by a friend who stopped by to visit him it was cause of death was natural causes most likely a heart attack as being the cause mm-hmm. now here's here so that sounds like mean okay. he had a rough personal life yeah all this stuff you know a lot of behind the scenes stuff and don't get me wrong the the alcoholism had endured for years it was a yeah. known fact about bill haley most of the time, especially uh, it picked up as the band started lessening in popularity. Understandable. So that's okay. He was admitted. He was an admitted alcoholic. Yeah. In nineteen seventy nine, I believe it is the year of his last record. Yeah, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor, an inoperable oh. brain tumor. Okay. So the man was diagnosed with an inoperable brain, an inoperable brain tumor. Mm. Then almost immediately after that, his entire personality changed, which is, yeah, Not okay. So his of, entire yeah. personality changed uh, to the point where he got kicked out of his house, lived in the pool house, wouldn't stop mm. drinking, knew he was had a terminal brain tumor, uh, was desperately trying to like spend almost all of his free time compiling his life in a way that uh, could be brought into like film, like a biography mm-hmm. of him and the comets. <laughs> like that is all. And there, there were varying reports of the brain tumor. Uh, his British manager, Patrick Malian Malin was quoted as saying Haley had taken a fit and didn't recognize anyone anymore, uh, which is, All things we know now Mm -hmm. are very common if you have some type of brain tumors as they affect different parts of your brain can absolutely affect your personality, can absolutely affect uh, your your memory and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And but that they stopped talking about the brain tumor as they mentioned the rest of his stuff, like his wife denied Uh. the brain tumor at all. Uh, 
one of his very close friends denied the brain tumor, and then his cause of death is natural causes and a heart attack. No mention of the inoperable brain tumor at all. I'm like, what are we? What happened here? That's really bizarre, right? So, like, yes, I understand. Like the Harling or the Harlingen police had to pick him up seven times, like several times for drunken disorderly during this time, this last year of his life. Yeah, and. Uh, basically, he saw a psychiatrist who just said that Bill's brain was overproducing a chemical like adrenaline. Huh. A chemical like adrenaline. Not not what chemical or not something why like it was overproducing know. something. Maybe the brain tumor. So a psychiatrist said that, not a neuroscientist? Yeah, I don't know. It was. It all just seems crazy to me because while I understand this was a long time ago, it was the seventies. It was the eighties. Yeah. It's not like it was back in the fifties, right? I so yeah. That's that's a really bizarre story. Yeah. Um, so there is some stuff about like you know Haley having a rough final year of his life. Yeah. However, take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he had a brain tumor, and just people stopped talking about it, and it was not mentioned in his cause of death. I don't know. Yeah, that's absolutely nuts. Uh, yeah. I am. I am also withholding judgment from him. Yeah, I mean, for for brain tumor or alcoholism, I mean, that's also a disease. Oh, it absolutely um, is a disease. So I'm I just, not, I'm not I was just not equating that man. to being caused by the brain yeah. tumor. As long as that he wasn't, years. you know, like doing all sorts of awful things that we've had other artists do. Like, oh, this well, guy Courtney. was just very sick. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> for some of the other artists that we have covered. Uh, Bill Haley gets a halo and wings, I yeah, mean, for sure. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, so with that, is it time for Eddie Cochran then? Yeah. So now another little shift in genre, or another shift in our format. Instead of grading, uh, Bill Haley in his comments, we're going to go right into Eddie Cochran. Yes. And then grade them both head to head at the end. Exactly. And that is the plan. So Eddie Cochran, uh, what we're going to do now is for our audio listeners, it's going to click right in. For our live listeners, there's going to be a little break as I get up the information. Okay, fair enough. Ray Edward Cochran was an American rock and roll musician. Uh, He was active from 1954 to 1960 uh, with his unfortunate passing at just 21 years old, which is very sad. I'm sure we'll get more into that. Uh, we did cover his only officially released album at the time of his life, Singing to My Baby. Right. Uh, which was released in 1957. And yeah, uh, I guess I did it's have you turn. go first. Yeah. Okay. Eddie Cochran's death was tragic. Yeah. And don't get too uh, far into it. I'm not going to get too far into it. I'm not going to even say why, because I know you're going to tell that with, I'm sure, your questions and things. Yes. Tragic. He was only 21 years old. It's awful. Eddie Cochran is Elvis. (laughs) That is what I've learned listening to this album. And I'm not just saying like, oh, he's doing a similar genre to Elvis. The man sounds... Like Elvis, like maybe if I had to diff like differentiate their voices, maybe like if Elvis had just woken up in the morning, so his voice is just a little bit deeper than Elvis's typical voice. Mm-hmm. That is what Eddie Cochran sounds like 
all the way through, and he performs these like almost pseudo balladeer pop country songs, just like Elvis did, especially around this time of his career. Uh, very reflective. Uh, there were some interesting ones because they're not written by Eddie Cochran. There was a couple that were written by him, mm-hmm. but a couple of these, as is again very typical to the time, this is 1957, were written by other people, covers, or just written by writers for people to perform. Yeah. So there were a couple that were interesting. Like one had a line about Rock in the Cradle, which was very weird to me because in 1957, Eddie Cochran was, what, 18? Yeah, give or take. So if you're robbing the cradle at 18, that's not a good, that's (laughs) not good. You legally can't rob the cradle at 18. Uh, In 1957, I don't know if we we (sighs) had those kinds of laws. Okay, regardless. Uh... (laughs) <clears throat> I really enjoyed the the individual songs. Uh, it, it was a little slow for my taste as we get all the way through. Like, I like ballads just as much mm-hmm. as the next guy, probably more than the next guy. Probably. But I can't do an entire album of strictly slow-tempo love ballads with nothing to break them up. Sure. And that's kind of what this is. In a very yeah. deep... Elvisy voice, yes, and... uh, <laughs> but I will say, have I told? I really enjoyed uh, his version of "Have I Told You Lately That I Love You." Sure. Um, again, you're not leaving me with very much to add about the record because my initial reactions were, he looks like Elvis. <laughs> uh, I mean, he he looks like Elvis, almost like just the, the hairstyle, just the you know. The young yeah. rebellious guy look. Um, I like the album though. I mean, I enjoyed listening yeah. to him sing. The songs were good. He has a couple of full writing credits, a couple of partial writing credits, but it certainly doesn't stick out necessarily. Other than it's like obvious comparisons to him sounding just like Elvis. Um. I I definitely feel like we it's hard to say like as a group as like a, as like a genre as like a culture and society I guess mm-hmm. would we be talking about this album if Eddie Cochran had survived Sure but yeah. I think in saying that it sounds like I'm saying like oh it's forgettable and I don't think that but I think what we were robbed of with his passing was the very real battle royale between him and Elvis in terms sure. of who becomes the guy that Elvis is. Yeah, you know, yeah. Elvis was kind of already that guy in this time. In right. the 50s, Elvis gotten... was blowing up movies and, and yeah. things like that. But I think Eddie Cochran could have really given him a run for that niche, specific market that Elvis cornered. 100%. And uh, that, that actually gets into a lot of the other things that I have to say about him. Oh, good. Um, so... I really struggled with the most unique thing. I was wondering, like, what am I going to pick? There's this guy. He, I mean, he he died so young there, yeah. that you know, only 21. It was hard to to really figure out where to go with it. I will say before you get too far, go ahead. 
Eddie Conkern is definitely one of the artists. We've covered a few that suffers from I look way older than I am syndrome. And I think it must just be the style, right? It's like gotta it must be. just be the like the hairstyles and the way people dress them that instantly like, make them look like your grandfather. <laughs> On his Wikipedia image, he's nineteen eighteen, nineteen years old. Yeah. And he looks like twenty eight, twenty nine, easy right. like a local businessman. It's it's crazy. Sure. Um but anyway, like part part of me was thinking maybe his most unique thing, and may, maybe it is this. Maybe it's the fact that he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and has only ever released one studio album. Like I don't think I'd. It would have taken me a long time to double check that, but I'm having a hard time thinking of any other artists who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who have only it's, released one studio album. Yeah, it's either entirely unique or incredibly rare. And then the other thing kind of, I guess, mixes in with his potential. What I have for your highlight, which is before he even released his first uh, full album, he actually starred in a pretty big film. I mean, I say starred. He wasn't like main cast, but he was in it. Uh, The Girl Can't Help It with Jane Mansfield. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he played as himself, like part of the, the themes were like rock and roll. So like he was in this movie with Little Richard, Gene Vincent, Fats Domino, the Platters, uh, like all having like a rock and roll party, essentially. And to think that that was like the earliest part of your career was being like, that would be like one of us starring in a movie. And then like also we were co-starring in it with john mayer and you know trey anastasio and then mm-hmm. also margot robbie starred in it and that was before the our we ever put out an album like yeah. that would be pretty insane um to have something like that happen. i agree so, that's wild so i give him credit for that that's sort of unique it's sort of like a highlight of his career because it didn't last too long uh i i also put a low light here because i mean he Clearly, because, I mean, he'd been meeting a lot of his contemporaries and and becoming friends with them. He was also very close um, with Richie Valens and Buddy Holly. So when the plane crash happened, I mean, he was completely devastated. But it also started like he got what we found out last season is sort of like Mark Bolin syndrome he became incredibly paranoid that he was going to die young. He became kind of like overcome with this fear of this is going to happen to me too. I'm going to be one of these artists who dies tragically at a very young age. And that fear consumes him. And of course he does anyway, die at only 21. Um, which strangely enough, also brings me to the nicest moment of his career, which is in death, essentially. So um, he had just finished a show with Gene Vincent. Um, and they were, this was in the United Kingdom. And so they were leaving in a taxi, um, heading towards London. And... Uh, Cochran's fiance was also in the car and essentially it's going way too fast. They start to lose control. It's a single car accident in which he died. Um, 
as he saw what was going on, he got he was sitting in the center row of the back seat originally, but he got up and threw himself in front of his fiance to like shield her from the crash. And because of that was thrown out the side door. And so basically the last thing he did before he died was to sacrifice himself to try to save his fiance from getting injured or killed in this car crash. Um, A crazy, like brave decision to make it 21 years old. Yeah. And it was also strangely enough, it's not exactly today that it happened, but it was Easter Sunday yeah, that he died, and say, we're recording man. this on Easter Sunday morning. We are recording this on the spiritual anniversary of his death. Yeah. Which is wild. It is wild. So with all that, I think I should go a little bit more lighthearted for the six degrees. Sure, I sure. Think. So anyway, in 2010, uh, he grew up in a town called Bell Gardens, California. Uh, and in 2010... They declared an official holiday, Eddie Cochran Day in town, and they declared it on October 3rd, which is also a holiday in honor of one of the artists we covered last season, of course, because we covered Lindsay Lohan, and and October 3rd is also Mean Girls Day. So Eddie Cochran Day and Mean Girls Day, same day. Oh, my gosh. Okay, good. We can honor them both equally. If you would have told me... (laughs) I bet you $20 that I can six degrees of totem talks. Eddie Cochran with Lindsay Lohan. I would have taken that bet. Like that would have been a immediately. Good I would have said, not a chance, Nick. Eddie Cochran. No, no, no well, way. He was born on October 3rd. And so it makes <sighs> well, sense. craziness. Okay. Right. All right. Well, I think it's time to grade our artists. I think so. All right, so cultural impact as we yeah. compare these two head to head. Well, let's say this: they both automatically get three points for being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Same class, um, I believe, the class of '87. Yeah, which so, is fair. Yeah, I think Bill Haley and his comments do get more than they that. definitely get more than that. I think Eddie Cochran. Mm, I struggle he with might giving be topping him. out around three. Yeah, I mean, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He gets that floor, but it's one album of music. Yeah. It's hard I mean, to really... Here, Here's the other... I mean, like, the influence is definitely there, and I think that's where the points are coming from. But, like, even by far the thing that I knew him from earliest on that he was most famous to me for was The Who covering Summertime Blues. Yeah, you know, like it wasn't even his version of the song that I that I knew my whole life growing up. And, and I that's understand. of course biased. That's just me, but still. No, but I I mean I I get it, and I think maybe Eddie Cochran gets the three. Okay. I just I have a hard time. I think without the baseline of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. he may have still crept into that range of like the two three range. Sure. Just based on. Influence. You know, his influence and, the, you know, influencing his contemporaries around him at the time sure. uh, things like that. I think, yeah, right around a three, it works. Now we go to Bill Haley and his comments. This is a little bit more. Yeah, this is more like forefront of the genre, you know, rock around the clock being a huge song, you know, kind of the longevity of success. 
it's a popular name. Also, kudos for arguably the most synergistic band name ever uh, with Bill Haley and yeah. his comments. I mean, just chef's kiss on <laughs> I'm Bill Haley, Haley's comment. I love it. Let's right. go. Uh, I just went really quick um, through their singles, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing like 13 top 40s on the U.S. charts. Give sure, or take. That, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely some credit here for sure. Um, that's a lot of popularity to have that many songs chart in the top 40. Yeah, and I mean, here's and the name thing. is still pretty recognizable. Here's another thing you want to be... Uh, cognizant of did Bill Haley really popularize the single curl the of hair on the curl, forehead, yeah. the Superman curl? Right. It's, it's uh, rough at the same time. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think when we're talking about, when we are talking about Bill Haley, I think we're definitely talking about one of the the big time pioneers of rock and roll. I would agree with you. I think we're definitely like. This is more akin to the conversation that we had about artists like Fats Domino. Sure. And I, while I do, I would say that maybe Bill Haley isn't quite up there with the 10 range that we've given yeah. these other artists. I would be more than happy with him being in like the eights. Yeah. You could I even agree. argue me into the nines. I mean, he, it's a ton of, mm-hmm. again, the visceral building blocks with which almost all music nowadays is yeah. based is that rockabilly blues rock and roll sound. Sure. That, and here's, here's what I'll give yeah. you. Since you were like in the eights, maybe into the nines, I'll give you an 8.9. How does that sound? I love it. I love it. And then let's move on to Breath of Work. So Eddie Cochran, well, let's just do that very quickly. He had one record. One album. We're going to start him with like, let's say a 0.7. Yeah. I, I forget what the uh, formula calls for. Let me double check, but I'm pretty sure it's a point seven. Uh, not sales. That's not. That's not helping. No. Um, and then it's like, do you want to give him any points? Here's what I'm going to say. Call me. Call, call me. Uh, Soft-hearted, of course, but I can't give Eddie Cochran less than a one on this category. I, I can't give Eddie Cochran less than a one because I, was I say, if you give him a point one, I'll <laughs> give him a point one. We'll put him at one total. Yeah, I think that very truly, like if Eddie Cochran had survived mm-hmm. and continued to put out music, I think we would have had a head-to-head battle between him and Elvis for sure. that genre. And probably would have like a large selection of Eddie Cochran hits. Sure. And, oh, for sure. and I enjoyed his music and I enjoyed his voice. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I won. I think I won. I, totally fair. Now, Bill Haley, we're looking more in the like between 20 and 30 album range. So yeah. I'm going to start him with a 6.4. And then... Uh, Definitely the sales of Rock Around the Clock alone are putting him in the clear of losing any points. Uh, it was the best-selling rock single in history for many years. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, Haley's uh, Bill Haley and his comments are around 
60 million records. Okay, yeah. So then they got to definitely get some some points yeah. bumped up for that. So I'm saying we're close to seven. Win on seven. Yeah. And Honestly, if you give them I a half point agree. from the 6.4, 6, anything for quality there. I think I would because I think that it's all enjoyable stuff. And yeah. I think that I I know that our ears nowadays are trained to like different sounds. Mm. But I, I always got to give credit to these like – you know, the OGs mm-hmm. who really, without their innovation, like, we would have nothing. Definitely. Like what we have today. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'd be gave them a point one them... from each of us unless you want more. Uh, does that put them at a seven? 7.1. I love it. Let's do it. All right. Instrumental talent. Let's stick with Bill Haley first. So here's what I'll say that I noticed. I think he's had some lead guitarists who have played some really nice and interesting solos. Definitely for, especially at the time where I'd go, oh, wow, okay. Like, that's a little rock and roll. It's a little blues, but it's also like a little jazz. And, yeah. you know, I appreciate that. Um, other than that, it's three chords, man. <laughs> I, I get and it. And he's not a bad singer, but he's not no. great either. He's just good. He's definitely he's not fine. a bad singer. But I, I do get it. Uh, so it was it was interesting. Bill Haley is, you know, he's a singer who also he does play the guitar. Yeah, he's the rhythm guitar. Guy. He's the rhythm guitarist. Uh, however, in in uh, various degrees after the fifties, he had been falsely attributed as the one who plays the solo in oh, Rock yeah, Around yeah. the Clock because the on the Milton Berle show, uh, it was popular for bands to lip sync to their music. Gotcha. And they were between lead guitarists at the time. So he so just, he just he faked singing. the solo. Yeah. And so everyone thought Bill Haley actually did the yeah. solo at that time. He did not. Uh, here's the thing. he's What really is going to help... Or what really is going to hurt Bill Haley in his comments is the sheer mass, the multitude of members of this band. Yeah. it's. I mean, how are you going to nail any one group or, or, or section? Even there were so many members that after Bill Haley passed away, multiple groups had credible claims to being the Comets and toured the country and the world. Yeah. Because there was just so many freaking Comets. Right. There was over 100 Comets. Uh, I mean, I think you, you're looking at, like, probably an average score here. At best. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're topping out at around average. Mm-hmm. I think that because of the way our our group and our art and our podcast works here, we are comparing to the overall. Which is why and I want to go a little under. And when you're comparing to the overall, it's a little lower to me as well. I mean, still in the fours, yeah, but probably like a four and a half. I think I would be totally on board with that. And uh, then that brings us to sort of like a an opposite problem with Eddie Eddie Cochran. Cochran. I know he sounds like Elvis. Master of none. He actually played all the different instruments. He he does play a ton. Play bass. He could play piano. He could play ukulele. uh, He could play drums. 
very talented musician, and I'm and I'm going to be honest with you, not maybe showcase the best in his album, but you can hear the depth in his voice. Yeah, better voice. The tone better of his voice, well. a much better voice. Again, it's when you're being compared to Elvis. One thing Elvis had was a golden voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever else you like or don't like about Elvis, golden pipes could absolutely sing with the best of them, especially in that time period. I think Eddie Cochran has that same gift. Uh, it's one album, so but it's we yeah, don't really but it's, temper it's, that yeah, here. Not, not for instrumental. So I'd, I'd be willing to give him clo- like more like the average because I don't think he was great at playing anything, but I think like his his best instrument was probably his voice but yeah. he could do a little bit of everything else and i definitely yeah. think he deserves credit for that i think sheer sheer number and i think the the voice itself i think we give him what i like to call the uh the ceremonial 5.1 sure of saying like you are above average for the number of things you did mediocrely Sure. And then you were a good singer as well. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to songwriting talent. So here's the thing. We're starting with a point eight for one record. Uh-huh. It's going down because he didn't write he wrote all the, he wrote songs? a couple of songs on the record. However, he, he did write or co-write some of his other hits. So yeah. like 20 Flight Rock, Summertime Blues. He is at least one of the writers on his bigger tunes. And so I want to give some of that actually back here and start closer to the point eight. Okay. Um, but from there, I'm not giving anything in terms of. No, I mean, <laughs> it's tough. It's one record's worth of music, you know, that plus a little bit for the singles. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think a point eight sums it up. I think that's it. Uh, and then that brings us to Bill Haley. I think again, like wrote a couple of songs on each record. It so it seems mostly does covers. Uh, I mean, I don't really hear the difference between what he writes and what's being written for him. It's all very yeah. simple. So, I mean, if he wrote two or Not three songs on every album, on the clock, yeah, hurts. That hurts. <laughs> like. If he that wrote may no be like almost three a full songs point on difference. every record, he maybe gets to the average, but maybe is still a little under. I well, I think if you're looking at, I when I had perused, yeah, uh, he was probably credited as writing five or six on most of them, except oh, really? for a couple of the pronounced covers. Okay, like he wrote on a lot of them or co-wrote on a okay. lot of them, even though some of them were like his co-write was, yeah. I'm bluesifying pat a cake. Sure. Like I'm credited as a writer. Like, okay. What I mean yeah. is pat a cake. Sure. Okay. Now, Nick, I have uh, a real serious question for you. Go ahead. Did you do like that when you were younger? Like the whole pat a cake? I, you know, baker's man, baking yeah. cake best you can. I mean, I'm familiar with it. Is it in your mind, pat a cake or patty cake? I thought it was patty. Patty cake, right? Yeah, I thought it was Thank patty you. cake. I'm glad we agree. That's that was important to me that we that agreed could about be a generational cake. divide. It probably might yeah. be. That's one. A one you can really tell somebody's age. It's like the rings of an oak tree. Patty right. cake or patty cake? Exactly. 
same thing. Very scientific. All right, so I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say we're starting from the average, and here's what I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm giving them lots of credit for being new and original at the time, and I'm taking lots of credit away for not being able to write a song that sounded different from any of the other songs between 1947 and 1981. Sure. <laughs> and where does that leave you? I guess at a five. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't. All know. right, I understand. I I'm again go lower. I mean, okay, or above. Okay, just a little bit for the sheer innovation of it all at the time. Yeah, uh, and we're not going too high because we're. I think, as is customary, we will give X Factor points for that. Correct. So I'm not going crazy high, but I want to give him at least a five one. You got it. Being somebody who is innovative in a genre mm-hmm. and innovating a genre is in itself above average. Sure. I agree. That's fine. Uh, poetic talent, though, I'm not going to give you that credit for. No. The po- poetic talent is like the most basic. If he wrote, if there were the only time he was like for the covers, like a lot of things you mentioned where he would write music, but not the words. Yeah. On on a few occasions when he would write words on his covers, it was literally like, oh, this song talks about hand holding. So how can we make it so that it's okay for everybody to listen to? This is way too controversial. Like it was yeah. just changing some lyrics to make things as bland and boring as possible. This is a, a like a good bit below average to me. Because yeah, even, I yeah, agree. he's not writing a lot of it. When he is writing it, it's like my name's Bill. This is a clock gonna rock. And one, two, three, and, and like that's it. Like it doesn't get anything more than that. <laughs> my name, my <laughs> name's Bill, and this is a clock. <laughs> That's a good lyric. I mean, it, I don't know. You we're might just hold on me. to it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, yeah. we can get like a three here that's as far fine. as I'm concerned. I think that's plenty. And and I don't think anything is saving Eddie Cochran from a similar fate, except for he's starting from a point eight. He didn't write a lot of music lyrically. What he did write is still like just the basically Boiler if you're like, hey, chat GPT. Write a write us a the lyrics to a fifties pop song. Yeah, that's what would happen. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Uh, I think we're. I'll give him a half a point. Can, yeah, I was like, we could probably go a point five, and yeah. that's being a little generous. I think it but is. It is. He needs our generosity. He deserves our generosity. All right. X factor. Okay. Well, this is this is a the thing. They're both getting some for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Haley and his comments, innovating the rock and roll genre, a core, like along with staples like Chuck Berry, along with some of the other staples we have done on this podcast and that we haven't covered on this podcast yet. One of the, like right up in that category. So he gets, I believe we've done a point three for that or a point two for that at least. Uh, we have has two points. Like or I'm sorry, two points, not a point two. Yeah, mm-hmm. two points. And I willing, agree with, and I'd be willing to give more for Rock Around the Clock and its status yeah. as you know one of the highest song singles ever. Exactly. So the question is, two, like two and a half here. I think. I think a two and a half. I was like, I don't know if I want to go fully to a three. I think a two and a half is a good spot for him and his comments. He's got it. Now Eddie right. Cochran, he gets the other typical amount like right we have given this out before 
it's the death points. Uh, yeah. you have, he has a very high-profile death uh, that arguably has contributed to his sustained success. Sure, with the with the small sample size we were given. Yeah, I've said multiple times in this episode. I truly think he would have stayed up there and yeah. competed with the king himself. No I, I think that could have happened. Uh, but we never got that. And right. I think with, here's the thing with, with this type of high profile death, we've given as much as three points. We have, if it's the shaping moment of your career. And mm-hmm. it was, yeah. So I think three points here and then I'll give it to him. And then I will give you final scores. Yeah. Which for whatever reason, the, uh, the formula wasn't working. So I was just doing them by hand real quick. Oh, interesting. Yes. Um, but I have them, and I think you're going to be really surprised. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No. Um, winning this episode, of course. Are you? I don't have the thing. Oh, you don't have the the thing. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Okay, winning with a thirty-one point one is Bill Haley and his comments. And then I understand a, it. Yeah. In a very close runner up slot, someone that we're we were rooting for. Uh is Eddie Cochran with a thirteen point four. Look. Thirteen for someone with one album is really good. Yeah, I think we you know, when we give our scores and things like that, obviously the numbers are what they are. But we as a as a hosting duo here I think really try to shape those numbers. Of course. I think we've done a good job with Eddie Cochran. We enjoyed it. We think there was a lot more for him to give. We're very sad that he was never able to give that to the world. It unfortunately is what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> but hey, well, kudos uh, on a on a good episode. Uh, yes. On a, on a really fun listen for us. Uh, looking forward to next week's listen. Nick, why don't you tell us yes. who we've got on uh, the docket? Well, at least I, one of them. I'm not sure if I want to say or if I want to give just the theme the, of yeah, the give the, maybe the title. Yeah. So the the this one is going to be a face off of singer songwriters. So while we had like kind of roots rockers to start yeah. on the first episode, episode number two, we're gonna kind of calm things down, pick up an acoustic guitar, uh, and have the the singer songwriter show off. So, a very narrow genre. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Could be. Could be only one or two guys, I think. Yeah, barely anyone's a singer songwriter. Now, uh, awesome. Well, thank you for for doing. That. First of all, thank you, Nick, for revamping the schedule. Oh, it's my pleasure. I know that you know when we decided there was going to be, we needed to shake things up. Uh, we were we were feeling a little stagnated, and we wanted to kind of keep the the spirit of what we were doing, but you know, shake up the the formula a little bit so we could. Mm-hmm. keep ourselves happy and hopefully keep the audience happy. Right. Uh, you took it upon yourself to completely redo season six of schedule about halfway through season five. So not too long ago and definitely right. uh, with not a ton of time to correct if need be, but we, uh, we made it work and uh, I'm, I'm happy with what we are doing. Agreed. I enjoyed Agreed. this new version. Uh, we would love to hear from, you, our audience members, our lovely listeners, please let us know 
likes, dislikes, any like interesting ideas that we could put into the episode, uh, anything like that that you think could make our product even stronger. I would love to hear it. I I really I thrive on that kind of stuff. I think that we as a group are always looking to improve and get better. And the only way we can consistently do that is if we know what you want to hear. Yeah, you're right. So that is my my plea to you. And I hope that you will continue to like, comment, subscribe, leave reviews, all of those fun things. But most importantly, have a great day. <laughs>